Preacher. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome. We are glad that you are here this morning, and we welcome you. We are here to worship the Lord, and we're glad that you have chosen to be with us this morning as we worship God together. Uh, we welcome our guests, especially today. You are very important to us, and I hope and pray that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together this morning. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on the end of each row on the clipboard. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that we send out each week, I'd like to ask if you put your email address on there and we'll put you on our list and you'll receive that each Thursday. Uh, several, several other things I'd like to call to your attention. Um, this weekend, we have had a spectacular consignment sale. Uh, and so many thanks go to many people who made that happen. So I think we, we, we need to give them a, a hand of applause here. So I, I won't even begin to try to, uh, to list all of the volunteers that were a part of that uh, because there were so many. Uh, but this was a project of our, our women's mission group, and so we are just very thankful for that, and, uh, and we're grateful for you. Uh, several things. This, today is a busy day, folks. It's a busy day, so strap in and buckle your seatbelts. Our, our visioning team will be meeting today at 2 o'clock, and so if you're a part of that team, please there, be there for that. And also today, um, you've heard me talking about our Apostle Build we, are, we have joined forces with uh, uh, several other organizations and churches here in Henderson to uh, participate in an, an apostle build with Habitat for Humanity. We're going to be building a house this summer and this spring for Habitat for Humanity. And today is the groundbreaking for that house. Everyone is invited to come to this groundbreaking. It's at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and the location is 511 Plum Street. Uh, it's written there in your worship folder, so you don't have to write it now, down now. But everyone is invited to that. This is the house that we're going to build, that we're going to help build. We're helping to finance it, and we're going to put the sweat equity by swinging the hammers and sawing the saws. And so uh, come on out today at 4 o'clock to 511 Plum Street, You'll see the location, and we also need volunteers. We're recruiting volunteers now. Uh, we're we're going to be uh, 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 starting to work in just a couple of weeks, and so there's a sign-up sheet down on the bulletin board here, and so I'd like to ask if you would to stop by there and put your name uh, on the sign-up sheet there and help us to build this Apostle Build House for Habitat for Humanity. Uh, there are a number of other things that are going on in the next week or two, so I won't call every, everything to your attention. You can look in your worship folder to find that out and, and to uh, make note in your calendar. Uh, but we're glad that you're here today, and we welcome you, and hope God's going to bless you in a really special way today as we worship the Lord. Let's spend a moment of greeting each other. Let me uh, just invite you to stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
come Now is the time to worship Come Now is the time to give your heart Come Just as you are to This morning, Tim is recovering from gallbladder surgery. Yeah. We have Ben here. He's filling in with us, and he's a lot younger. That's <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, we appreciate you had him. To point that out. Yeah. This is not Tim. Tim didn't get younger. This is Ben. He's helping us out today. But next song we're going to do is "How Great Is Our God." We're going to feature Mr. Brad Fleming. Hey. 
This microphone will travel, I will too. Hi. I seem so far away when I'm back there and you're up here. I don't know how to clip this thing on me, so I won't. <laughs> Hi. Today is the second in a course of discussion about five habits of an effective Christian. You guys are way over there. Do you want candy? Nope, you're going to have to sit right over here. <laughs> bribes, I'm not, I'm not lower than bribes. Um, we are talking today about prayer. Now, you guys have a good week? Did you guys have a good week? No? You didn't have a good week? I'm sorry. What made it such a bad week? Or a not good week? Maybe it wasn't a bad week. Maybe it just wasn't a good week. Had to go to school. Yeah, I know. I had to go to work. How was your week? You you got to skip Wednesday? Okay. Well, that made it a what? Good week or not so good week? Good week. Okay. Would you guys go out like and do something fun? <coughs> yesterday, it was such a great day. Did you play outside yesterday? Do something outside yesterday? You watch TV? Okay. You watch TV all day? Oh, but it was such a gorgeous day yesterday. It was a gorgeous day yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, my gosh. You know, prayer is kind of like this. When you just sit around and you talk to God, you say, God, oh, man, was it a gorgeous day yesterday. And it is a gorgeous morning this morning. Thanks. Thanks, God, for giving us this gorgeous day. And I'll try to go outside a little bit today. Maybe. 
maybe? Okay, maybe not, I don't know. Um, and you talk to God and you say, thanks God for all the stuff that you've given me. You gave me a mom and dad who loved me, grandmoms and grandmom dads who loved me. You gave me brothers and sisters who I guess loved me, <laughs> whether they show it or not. <laughs> Thanks God for being a God who loves me. And then you say, well God, there's been some things that have gone on this week that oh, I, I might have not done the best with. But I'm gonna try better next time. And then you say, you know I have this friend who's having a really hard time because her parents are going through divorce or her grandmom just died or Something's going on, and I don't know what's going on, God, but you do. So um, please take care of her. Those are kinds of things that, you can, that is prayer. You just sit down and you just talk to God. Now, do you have to use big words? No. God doesn't, God doesn't care if you use big words or not. Do you have to sit down and get real quiet and close your eyes and fold your hands and do all of that? No. You can pray as you're um, mowing the yard. Do you guys mow the yard? Yeah. Not yet? Okay. Um, you can pray as you um, listen to music. Do you listen to music? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You can pray when you do that. I pray while I drive. Um, I know. I do pay attention too. I pray while I dry my hair. Do you pray while you dry your hair? Okay. Do you pray while you dry your hair? <laughs> you can pray anytime. You can tell God anything, just like you would tell your best friend. You can talk to God just like you would talk to your best friend, because that's exactly who God is. God is our best friend, and God loves you and wants to know what's going on with you. So that's how you pray. The disciples had to learn that. Jesus had to teach the disciples that. But that's what Jesus taught us. Thank God for who God is. You can tell God anything that's going on. You can pray for anybody that you want to. And then you give thanks. So let's pray together, okay? God, we give you thanks for being who you are, for being our God who loves us so much that you would send your only son to show us the way. God, we tell you that there are times when we have made mistakes, that we haven't done everything exactly as we should have. So we're sorry, and we ask your forgiveness. But God, we thank you for the people that have, you have sent around us, that you have given us. Thank you for the gorgeous day of yesterday and today. Thank you for the rains that will come this week. Thank you for the color that is back in the world. And God, we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are lonely. We pray for those who need a friend. We pray for those who are happy and life is going well. Thank you, God, for loving us that much. And God, we love you too. Amen. Okay. We have candy.
Let us pray. We come to you, O God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. We want to magnify your name and praise you as we ought. We want to see Jesus in whom all the fullness, all of your fullness dwells. And so we invoke your, invoke your presence with us today. You are the giver of all we have. You are our hope for now and hereafter. We pray that the memory of your goodness will fill our hearts with true gratitude and joy as we worship you. For we truly seek your face. We confess today that we don't always know how to pray when we come into your presence. Sometimes we push you into the outer reaches of our lives. We understand the feeling of your disciples when they came to you and, and asked you to teach them how to pray. And you responded to them by teaching them your model prayer, which we will join together now in offering to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
death because I found that without it, things don't go too well. And I wasn't always as praying as much as I have in the last 50 years. That really got me started and knowing that it was important because I grew up in a country church that young people were never asked to leave in prayer, I don't recall ever, you know. And, but when Reverend Allen and Jesse came to town, you couldn't walk in Jesse's door that she didn't have you praying before you turned around twice. I credit her with the fact that my prayer life has evolved from that. And that uh, in later years, uh, I've seen answers to prayer that I firmly believe that. And we have a saying in our family now, pray without ceasing. We're always saying, pray without ceasing when we have a problem that somebody's called and asked what has helped me over the years and wasn't always you know that strong in it but uh, in the latter years I've certainly come to appreciate the fact that that the Lord knew what he was doing when he taught us to pray. Yes I did. Yes I did. And I sometimes think that we approach him too casually, and he won't listen for at that moment. I'll think, Lord, I'll ask for forgiveness for pitching such a small <laughs> prayer to him. But he's there all the time. Without it, you're missing out on a whole lot in your Christian walk, I think, because you get comfort from it in times of, of need, deep sorrow or something, or problems that you can't overcome, and there's no other way but to go to the Lord in prayer. son was always saying, Mother, you say you're going to turn it over to the Lord, but you haven't done it. You're holding on to it. <laughs> and we do have a tendency to kind of forget that he has told us, ask and you shall receive. And y'all, you don't always get the answer you want, and you don't always get it very soon, but eventually you'll get it. And I know that for a fact. Maybe not to your <laughs> want, but you're, you're not supposed to get what you want. You're supposed to get what you need. It, it can be a part of you. Just like Reverend Allen used to say, you don't have to be in a certain place, in a certain position, you can be riding, driving down the road, you can always get in and be praying at any time in your wakeful hours. A lot of times you might go to sleep on it. <laughs> you make it too long. <laughs> well, I start out by thanking God for waking up in the morning if it's a morning prayer 
or thank him at night when I'm going to bed. And but I usually thank him for Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, the very first thing, and go on from there. And then get kind of personal. But I always pray for the people and the church and our pastor. Everybody that walks through those doors, I say, <laughs> whether whether they belong to us or not, because you never know. You never know what God's got in store. Lord, we know we fall short in so many areas of our lives, Lord, and we just are so thankful that you are with us in the good and in the bad. And we thank you, Lord, for this church and for how they lift us up during those difficult times and for how they rejoice with us during those celebrations of life. Uh, please take these tithes and offerings, Lord, and uh, help us to be able to take them out and to serve our community with our many ministries and missions that we do. In your name we pray, amen.
Y'all ready for something a little different? <laughs> I hate following her. <laughs> I had a Sunday school teacher that she taught me that you are never, ever, ever alone. All you have to do is speak his name and he'll be there. I got the, this song right here started out when uh, I got up one morning and uh, one verse that she spoke to me on was uh, don't lean on your own understandings because you know the flesh is weak and it might fail you and all this kind of stuff and these little things keep coming back and I really really am so proud that I knew that I knew her so this is what came from my thoughts on that particular day. Lord, are you listening? I know you're everywhere. Sitting here in the dark, wondering if anybody cares. You can see in all directions in that place in which you sit. For me, it's tunnel vision up from the bottom of this pit. No one seems to know me for some things I might have done. So keep my eyes on high where my help has always come. If the fact that I still talk to you is a difference it shows Hold and lead me, Lord, and I'll follow I just need somewhere to go Yesterday's irrelevant, the future's far too near Folks are both intelligence, the meaning just ain't They've got their hands into making plans for the most of us. Speech is wrote in the passing notes, it says in God the trust. Well, I wish you'd help me just pick one out, Lord, to say all. It's up to 
turned around Cause where I've been I know I've seen things I did not need to know If you lead, Lord, I follow I need somewhere to go If you lead me, Lord, I follow I need somewhere to go Thank you for your time. <laughs>
As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, when I look at this passage of Scripture, I have to admit that I'm a little bit confused. Because if I knew that the Son of God was coming to my house for supper, I'd probably want to make him something a little more special than Kraft macaroni and cheese or a PB&J, wouldn't you? And I'd want for all the dust bunnies to be picked up off the floor. And I'd be running around too. I'd be making sure that nothing was out of order. And, and so, so what was Martha's problem here? What, was her desire to serve the Lord a problem? No. But we can see in this passage of Scripture that it tells us that she was distracted. Martha was preoccupied with serving instead of sitting at Jesus' feet. She was also feeling sorry for herself. She said, Lord, don't you care? And she was demanding, tell my sister to help. Notice that she was telling the Lord what she wanted him to do instead of letting the Lord tell her what he wanted her to do. And I wonder how many times we don't act in precisely that same way in our prayer lives. We, we like to make sure that, that everything is just perfect. In our worship services, we like to, to make, sh- every, make sure that everything in worship is well organized and that the church is, is clean and, and nothing is uncomfortable. And we get so caught up in that that we forget who we are meeting here. We get so caught up in, our, in setting our own agendas that that we essentially move God into a box and only let God out under the most controlled of circumstances. Pastor Jim Simbala of the Brooklyn Tabernacle wrote a great book on prayer called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. And in that book, he says, we are so willing, we are willing to pay upwards of $40 to hear a Christian artist play from his latest album. Yet Jesus, even Jesus, can't draw a crowd in times of prayer. There are experts in the fields of parenting, marriage, and church building strategies, and how to get the most out of your life, he says. Yet the chance of divorce has never been higher. More churches are closing rather than expanding, and still people are turning to drugs, sex, and other religions. We have more specialized programs within the church from junior high to small groups, from single mom's classes to senior high worship night. So what is the issue, he asked. The problem is we are so caught up not only in the world's activities, but also in good-intentioned Christian activity 
that we are not turning to what should be the most fundamental aspect of our lives. Prayer. You know, it's so easy for us to lose focus that God is here. God is available to us just as surely as Christ was there with Mary and Martha that day. And don't get me wrong, because I am not saying that we should dispense with our other activities that we do for the good of the church and and the good of others. It's God's will that we go out there and make disciples. And it's God's will that we love our neighbors as we love ourselves. But if we do all that with no regard at all to God and God's will, then it is a monumental waste of time. We need to find ourselves at the feet of Christ and call out to God in prayer. You know, this prayer stuff has been around for a long time. Before Jesus, before David, even before Moses, the first mention of prayer happens all the way back in Genesis 4, verse 26, when it says that Seth had a son and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Way back in Genesis 4. Folks, before a Bible was even available, before people called themselves the, the nation of Israel, before the first preacher was ever ordained, a godly strain of men and women distinguished themselves from others by calling upon the name of the Lord. And speaking of those who call upon the name of the Lord, Acts 2.21 tells us that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So the very first act of salvation in every believer's life starts in that humble position of prayer. And prayer is so important to God that that is how God chose to start God's church. In Acts 2, we see that Jesus instructed his small group of believers to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit descended upon them. And I want you to think about the people he had there. A group of uneducated fishermen, a tax collector, one who outright denied Jesus. And at the first sign of of adversity, every single one of them fled. And yet... In Acts 2, verse 42, we see that that same ragtag group of unprofessionals devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And that same day, we see that 3,000 souls were added to the body of Christ. And I really doubt it had anything to do with the disciples of great ability or their eloquence. But I think it had a lot to do with prayer. So you see, calling on the name of the Lord is essential to who we are as a church. And it's essential to who we are as individual believers. My friends, prayer is a Christian's lifeline. If we have a relationship with Jesus Christ then we are a part of the family of God. But how can we go about or even know 
our father's business if we don't talk to him. The fact is that it's much easier for us to run around and act Christian than it is to spend time with God in prayer. But God wants us to be strong and faithful. And, and in order to do that, we must spend some time with God and seek God's will. But unfortunately, all too often, we are too impatient to slow down and to seek God. You know, we live in a culture of immediate gratification, don't we? Which means that we want results, and we want it now. But prayer doesn't always produce immediate results, does it? As, as Margaret said just a little moment ago in her video, you don't always get the answer that you want, and you don't always get it right away. And so instead of waiting on God, we have a tendency to turn to, to busyness. We give God 30 seconds here or two minutes there, and, and it feels as though any downtime that we have with God is, is really wasted time. And it's so easy for us to get caught up in that, isn't it? God, I did this for you today. I, I went to work, and I, and I did a good job, and I, I helped out with the youth group at church, and I fixed my son's bicycle. God, I'm busy teaching Sunday school, and, and, and on weekdays I coach soccer, and I see that I ha we have need, this need over here and that need over there. And, and what about meeting with my friends, God? I, I need to be there for my friends, and I feel like I need to get myself into shape, so I need to go to the gym. And, and what about the children? God, I'm really tired, but it's been a super busy day, so I'll spend some time with you tomorrow. <laughs> My friends, while we fill our lives with so many activities, we miss the point. God wants to spend time with us. For you see, you see, it is when we spend time with God that our lives are most fulfilled. Psalm 46.10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. Well, you know something? In order for us to be still and know that God is God, we have to first be still. <laughs> we are the body of Christ who should be looking to God before we do anything else. And when we do this, we will discover that prayer is effective. In fact, James, uh, James 5.16 says, The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. You know, I wonder how many times we get ahead of God. We feel like we're wasting time if we're waiting on God. But notice that, that Jesus launched the Christian church not while someone was preaching and not by any human plan or program, but while people were praying. So what does that say to our churches today? I think it's telling us that, that we are sometimes, maybe often, getting the cart before the horse. And our first step is to pray and to wait for the Lord. You know, I hear a lot of people lamenting about how awful it is that 
prayer has been taken out of our schools. Again, referring to Pastor Jim Cimbala, he makes an excellent point when he says, I'm sure that the Roman emperors didn't have prayer in their schools. Um, but then again, the early Christians didn't seem to care what Caligula or Claudius or Nero did. How could any emperor stop God? How, in fact, could the demons of hell make headway with God, when God's people prayed and called upon God's name? Impossible. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Folks, let's not play games here. Here it is. Pure and simply, most of us do not pray as we should. When what we should, what we need to have is an instinct for prayer. When you're in trouble, pray. When you're driving down the road, pray. Though, let me recommend that you don't close your eyes and bow your head. When you are challenged, pray. When you wake up, pray. And as far as prayer in schools is concerned, as long as there are tests, there will be prayer in schools. <laughs> Folks, if nothing else, prayer will make us slow down enough for God to catch up with us. And then God's Spirit will be poured out upon us and amazing things will begin to happen in our lives and in our church and in our world. A.C. Dixon once wrote, when we rely upon organization, we get what organization can give. And when we rely on, upon education, we get what education can give. And when we rely upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can give. And I am not disposed to undervalue any of these things in their proper place. But when we rely upon prayer, we get what God can give. Folks, have we allowed ourselves to become so cluttered with the busyness of our lives that we have squeezed out the one aspect that God desires the most? And I'm not saying that all the good things that we do are not important. They are. But what I'm saying here is that at the root of everything we are is to be a people of prayer. In Luke 22, 39 through 46, we see the most amazing role model that one could have. Jesus, the Son of God, praying. It says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down in prayer and prayed. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. When he rose from prayer, he went back to his disciples and he found them asleep, exhausted with sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. My friends, God is calling all of us to an abundant life. And a part of that life is to have a life of prayer. And so the question that I ask today is, 
do we really want to become more like Jesus who prays desperately for God's will to be done in his life? Or are we more like his disciples? Asleep. The fact is that we have the largest resource of strength that anyone in the entire world can cre could create. And it's all at our disposal if we will only pray. I want to conclude with a little parable that comes from Reverend Luther Gibbs, who is a pastor in Jamaica. The parable goes like this. There were two streams standing at the foot of a mountain. On top of the mountain was a great lake and in front of it a great desert. Both streams wanted to water the desert and one day they began to deliberate about how to go about it. I think that to be successful we must find a way to climb the mountain and get attached to the lake, said one stream. But the other stream said, what a waste of time. You'll never make it. And besides, look at all that parched land just crying out for water. I'm going on. So the second stream flowed out into the desert. But as the sun got hotter and hotter and the land got drier and drier, the stream got smaller and smaller. And eventually it, it faded into oblivion because it had no resources. In the meantime, the first stream was struggling up the mountain. It was a long and hard climb, but, but finally the stream joined with the lake and asked, will you help me go out and water the desert? And the lake said, I will. And so together the lake and the stream flowed down the mountain and into the desert, making that dry land rich and fertile. Reverend Gibbs then explains that prayer helps me to do what the stream did, to, to make myself one with the resource of the lake. With prayer, my life and my ministry to others are constantly watered, he says. Without it, I'm all dried up. Wherever you may be this week, perhaps you are thirsty for the presence of God in your life, or perhaps you're desiring a fresh touch from God. Well, I will tell you that God is here in this place, and all that the Lord asks from us is this, be still and know that I am God. God wants to meet you, meet with you today. God wants to commune with you today. God wants to spend time with you today and every day. So let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for prayer. We thank you that we get to talk with you and that you listen. But at the same time, oh Lord, we confess that sometimes we fail to listen to you. Please forgive us. Forgive us when the busyness of our lives pushes you to the sidelines. We do want to be the kind of people who pray like Jesus. Not my will, but your will be done. Help us to slow down, O oh God. 
Help us to, to see, seek first your kingdom and, and your righteousness and, and trust you that, that all, of our, all of the needs of our lives will be met. And thank you for that eternal source of strength that we have when we connect our lives to you. Water our parched souls, O oh God, that we may thrive in our efforts for your kingdom. We pray this in the name of your blessed Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response. It's number 446, Take Time to Be Holy. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ for the first time today. And we invite you to do that. Maybe you have made a connection to Christ in some way in your life today and and the Holy Spirit has touched you and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and your Savior. I hope that you'll do that today to make that connection with Christ because that is the greatest resource of strength that we have for the, for the living of our lives. Perhaps you're looking for a church to be a part of. We, we invite you to come and unite with our church. Or maybe you, you just need to pray. Maybe you need to come here and we can pray together or you can pray uh, silently by yourself. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing together. Take time to be holy. Would you come? Go from here to the work and witness of life, knowing that the living Christ goes with you. But go also knowing that we need to come into the presence of God to renew our strength and seek God's will as we seek to be faithful to God's kingdom. Go with God's blessings upon your efforts, but most importantly, go in prayer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.